welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I am your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 56. Okay, so we have a lot to discuss. Um, If you are living under a rock, uh, you may have not heard about T.I.'s comments about his daughter's hymen. And I'm here to inform you, okay? And to just add my commentary on it. So... As you guys know, as you have been listeners to my podcast, I have been an advocate for being uh, in ownership of your body, of your sexual liberation, of your choice, having that agency over your body. And listening to T.I.'s comments about his daughter's hymen made me completely uncomfortable. And let me just provide some context here. So... He was on a podcast, uh, and he was sharing his – the conversation just kind of came about organically somehow, and he – T.I. was saying how um, on his daughter's 16th birthday – so his daughter is now 18, but at her 16th birthday, she – he decided to put uh, on her her door a post-it note that states, gyno appointment at 9.30 tomorrow. And so they went to the gyno tomorrow, and he had to kind of, I feel like he intimidated his daughter, because obviously his daughter's not going to say no, but he had to get consent to be a part of the appointment, to be in the room, and to receive the results from the gynecology appointment. And because he's T.I., he's the man of the household, he's the the patriarch of the household, the daughter obviously is going to consent to her father being a part of the room and having access to results. And so she had him, well, she signed off to him being present and to him having full access. So he was able to receive full access about his daughter's vagina and whether her hymen is still intact. And so he does this to, well, he did, this to, he did this to ensure that she was not having sex. He wanted to make sure that his daughter was not engaging in any sexual intercourse. And of course the doctor, as a doctor should, the doctor informed him, telling him, hey, you know, the hymen cannot be broken by, like cannot simply be broken due to sexual activity. That's not always the case. It is typically, it could be with any rough activity. So whether the daughter is an athlete, um, does horseback riding, is an athletic sport, or she had an accident and somehow the hymen got kind of conflicted and corrupted at that moment, that's a normal thing. So having your hymen broken prior to actually having sex doesn't mean that you're, you know, impure anymore or this concept of purity has to be deconstructed when we think about hymen. Oftentimes when we, when in society, people, I could go on and on about this, so let's listen up, listen up. Um, oftentimes in society, we are, we are giving women this, this purity standard to live up to. And we don't do the same thing for men. We do not allow men to 
or we do not even give men this pressure of this standard to be to be pure or whatever that looks like and we put that pressure on women and it's like well who are these men considering that they're straight who are these men having sex with they're obviously having sex with women right considering that they're straight so this concept of oh if i have a daughter i'm gonna make sure she's not having sex i'm gonna make sure she's pure and she's waiting until the right one or until marriage or whatnot yet my son let him go ahead and soil his royal oats let him go ahead and be this this womanizer but who are you womanizing women right so it just brings me to this this archaic type of standard and this archaic hold that is placed on women's bodies that is placed on the concept of purity that women are only subjected to and i have a real problem with that so when ti is um kind of boasting and laughing about the fact that he he went to or he kind of enforced himself into his daughter's gynecologist uh gynecologist appointment and he enforced <laughs> to uh to to see and receive the results he, he's doing so because he's a caring father he's doing so because he's uh overprotective he want to make sure his daughter is not getting caught up in anything now the argument that i see on Twitter and from other podcasts that I've listened to, particularly I listen to The Brilliant Idiots. I love that podcast, amongst other different podcasts, but I have my variety of different podcasts I like. And on this podcast, I noticed that Charlemagne and Andrew Schultz, and Andrew Schultz is, Andrew Schultz, let me make sure I say his name correctly, he is a comedian. So I take what he says with a grain of salt sometimes. I try not to take it too seriously. But as I was observing and, like, really listening attentively to what Charlemagne was saying, he was just kind of for <laughs> this parent style that T.I. is enforcing upon his daughter. And like I said, this was two years ago. His daughter is now 18, so she may have a whole different lifestyle. You know, maybe she is, maybe she is able to access her body with full agency, and that's great. But there is a level of trauma that women have to endure when we are at the hands of our fathers who may be overprotective. Now, I I don't want to say T.I. is abusive or he's trying to suppress his daughter in any way. I don't want to give that big, generalized, and dangerous statement. I don't. But I do want him to understand, because I know T.I. is listening, <laughs> but I do want him to understand, and other men who fall under this mindset, like Charlemagne, I do want them to understand that this is dangerous. We cannot, and they cannot, place this ownership over women. And yes, that's her daughter. That's their daughter, right? Yes, that, because um, Charlemagne has daughters. He has multiple daughters, and T.I. has multiple daughters as well. And their mindset is thinking, oh, well, I'm protecting my daughter. But what they're essentially doing, because I am the daughter of an overprotective Haitian parent, okay? So my fellow Haitians and my fellow Caribbean folk, 
know what I mean when I say that. There is no option for us to date in, in like casually date you know there is no option for us to casually explore our sexual identity and when we are growing up in a in a household that's that's kind of preaching that's preaching at us to be pure that's preaching at us to not to not explore ourselves sexually, then when we get older, and I can say from my own testimony, when I get when I got older and as I'm continuing to grow, I'm seeing that I'm having a hard time standing up for myself when it comes to sexual pleasure, when it comes to sexual acts, you know? I remember I was dating somebody a little while ago and he he casually said, oh, I want you to dance for me. Like, I want you to, like, put on a show, dance for me right now, you know, kind of, like, give me a lap dance type of thing. You know, be this sexy uh, mistress, seductress woman for me right now. Like, I'm this type of, like, like he put a, a quarter in, in a pin, like, or, like, a machine. I'm just supposed to just turn on to be this this person for him. And... I was uncomfortable with that. And I wasn't uncomfortable because I felt like he was trying to objectify me. It's not like that. And I could see it that way, too. But we were dating, so I could understand, you know, why he would feel comfortable to ask that or want that, right? But I also felt uncomfortable because – well, I felt uncomfortable because – primarily because I did not know how to be that. Like, I didn't know how to – put on a show for him like what I didn't know how to just go ahead and start dancing sexy for him and owning my sexy what what does that mean to own your sexy what does that mean to to just to feel yourself you know when I think about masturbation and I and being like growing up in a in a Christian household and having this Christian mindset Masturbation was frowned upon too. You know, it wasn't talked about in my home, but it was, it was something that you don't, you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to touch yourself. You know, you're nasty if you do that. And that was more directed towards women, of course, right? Everything is directed towards women when it comes to sexuality. It's like disgusting for women to be sexual. It's disgusting for us to touch ourselves. It's disgusting for us to have multiple partners or have casual partners or to not want to have children or to not want to be with one person and solely that person. Or it's disgusting for us to have... Uh, homosexual relationships like everything is disgusting when it comes to women and their sexuality for some reason that has been um, pressed upon women for far too long and particularly pressed upon black women um, I can't speak to Indian or um, any other color colored women um, but I could assume it's the same issue because when I think about uh, Muslim countries they're suppressed as well. You know, I was recently, and I, you know, I could go around in little circles, but I'll get back to my point. But uh, in my teaching, so in my teaching, we, uh, a part of the curriculum, one of the parts of the curriculum, we covered Afghanistan and different topics of Afghanistan, in particular to the, the rise of Taliban and the, 
that's just the ongoing conflict in Afghanistan. And amongst those topics, to answer that, to answer that prompt, amongst those topics, we discussed the just the lives of women in Afghanistan. And we've learned, and I've taught my students that women aren't <laughs> given control over their lives. They're not given agency, you know, and it, it comes down to their physical appearance, right? They can't show their skin. They can't show much of their skin except their eyes. And if that, <laughs> they may have a veil over their eyes. So there, there's just, uh, there's this control that women are subjected to by men. And in particular in that area in Afghanistan, it was controlled by the rise of Taliban and so women were very subjected to just just the whims of however a man felt, and they could not have any type of liberation. Now, that is far extreme, right? Far extreme in foreign areas, in foreign land. But when you think about in America, and when you think about your household, and when you think about that uncle or that father or that brother who project these patriarchal systems and these patriarchal mindsets upon you, you then grow up to be someone who is not aware of themselves. You know, I'm 28 years old, and at that time when my, the dude who I was dating, I did not know, nor did I feel comfortable giving him a lap dance, you know, and I didn't feel comfortable, like, owning my sexy in front of him. And I remember when we would have sex, I wasn't able to like, and even it wasn't it wasn't just him, but I, I just I remember not being able to to own my moans or to own the sexual pleasure I would feel in the moment. I, I would not be able to show it in my face because I felt so. Oh well, this behavior has always been shamed you know, in my growing up. This behavior has not been something celebrated and uh, encouraged as I was getting older. So when I think about how dangerous T.I.'s comments are, it's very dangerous. And it's not just, oh, he's being a father, he's protecting his daughter. No, he is creating a sense of, self-hate. He is creating a sense of uh, awkwardness and unknowingness of thyself. And ultimately, you have to know yourself. You have to grow and be who you desire to be. And there should not be a shame attached to it. So if his daughter, if T.I.'s daughter wanted to be sexually active or explore her sexuality, it should not be shamed for her to do so. And as she get older, she may come across feelings of shame, and she may come across feelings of self-doubt, and she may find herself in situations that she's pleasing her father, she's pleasing this um, patriarchal image in society, but she's not able to really be who she wants to be. And I'm speaking obviously in general terms. I don't know her, right? I don't know how she feels about it. Um, apparently, she was liking comments that um, was going against T.I.'s T.I.'s parenting. And so, you know, one could assume, I could assume with, the, with that action, she was not for 
and she was not okay with her father doing that. You know, I could understand that. But then it's like, this w- this doesn't start with, T- like, this wasn't something that just started with T.I. You know, there, there are so many people, and patriarchy is not only from men. Women, there are women who do uphold this type of mindset, this whole oh, you're a hoe if you have multiple partners. Oh, you're a hoe if you have more partners than your than one hand, than the fingers of one hand, right? And bitch, then I'm a hoe. <laughs> then I am a hoe. <laughs> no, I mean, look, I want us to stray. No, then, then I'm a hoe. But no, <laughs> Then I, I really want us to stray away from these words that shame the female body and the choice of women to be sexual. I want us to get to a space in society, in our community, in the Haitian community, in the Caribbean community, in the black folk community, whichever subgroup you're in. I want us to actively fight against words and behaviors and activities and interactions that revere this level or period of of patriarchy, period. We should break down these walls of not allowing women to be their whole self because the same woman who, or the same girl, right? So she's this girl who was kind of frowned upon to be sexual and don't have sex until I tell you to, you know, if I ever tell you to, all this blah, blah, you know. But now you're expected, as she gets older, to find a man and to keep that man by being the sexual prowess in the bread in the bedroom or the kitchen or the living room, wherever you do your do, in the car, bitch, whatever, <laughs> airplane, where, where else, um, now she's expected to kind of show this side of her. And it's like, but I, I don't know this side. I don't know how to be this. I don't know how to to show my sexualness. And huh? I, how do you get to that? So I'm just in that space right now where huh, I, I don't know how to get to that yet. You know, I, I don't know what that looks like. But I do know for sure that when I am engaging with a man, I want to feel that comfort from him, right? I want to feel that, that uh, what is it? So that comfort as well as that encouragement for him, from him to be, to be this sexual prowess person, right? And to be myself, period, or to find that sexual prowess within myself, I should say. I want to be that, but I don't want to ever feel like you're like you're t- you're tuning into a porn network and I'm supposed to just turn on for you. Like I don't want you to feel like you know, if you're my man, I don't want you to feel like you are kind of turning me on like by putting a quarter into my jukebox machine and I'm supposed to just turn into this porn star for you. Like no. I want this to be an encouraging act that is both encouraged by by the parties involved, okay? I just think we need to get to a space in our life where we don't allow women to to be ashamed of 
having sexual liberation, to be ashamed of having sexual choice. Um, I think about when I was younger, I was not young, young, but like I was in my early 20s and I went to my first gyno appointment, my first gyno appointment. And I was like a little nervous about it. And I've had, I've had sex prior to that gyno appointment, but this was my first appointment with a gynecologist, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And having the, uh, the doctor put in just like this metal form, this metal gadget inside of me, I felt like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is weird. Like this is uncomfortable. So of course I'm tightening up. I'm feeling like awkward and I'm just like making more <laughs> of the moment than what it is. It really wasn't that, it wasn't bad at all. I, it was just in my head. But anyway, I, um, I received results from that first gynecologist appointment and it was shown in the results that I had precancerous cells. I had precancerous cells and my results came out uh, abnormal. So I'm like, I'm already a hypochondriac. I'm already a warrior. I'm already anxious as fuck because y'all could tell from my previous episode, okay? I am already all of that. When you add more to it, that's not just in my head, but like, oh, well, these results say you have precancerous cells. I'm gonna think I'm gonna die tomorrow. Like, that, my life is over. I'm gonna say my goodbyes. I'm already thinking it's over, okay? So I'm already there. So I go to my mother, who is a prayer warrior, and my, like I said before, very Christian. I go to her and I'm like, Mom, I went to the point. I went to my doctor to get my uh, to get gynecology, you know, <laughs> service. <laughs> and she said I have precancerous cells. The first response I get from her is, "Yeah, wh- why'd you go to the, the gynecologist? You're only supposed to go to the gynecologist if you've had a baby. It, are you having sex?" Are you having sex? Because that's the only reason you should be going to the gynecologist if you're having a baby, like if you have had a baby. So instead of a moment of comfort and reassurance and prayer, I received backlash and just this anger unfolded upon me because I decided to take on my sexual health, because I decided to take on my body instead of waiting until the appropriate time or what's considered the appropriate time within marriage or within the context of being a mother within a marriage, right? Now, and that's the problem, right? That's the problem when we talk about women's bodies. We, we only put it in this small, tiny, tiny-ass box, and we leave no room for women to break out of it. And... It's just there's a lack of what is it? There's a lack of sexual education when it comes to sex. Like there's no a lot of people don't know these things. A lot of people don't know that the hymen cannot be broken outside of sex. Like a lot of people don't know that hymens could be broken in a, a flurry of ways, right? And it's just. It, it continues to reinforce this mindset of purity and this mindset of this just this purity is a social construct. We have to stop 
talking about it. We have to stop saying that word. I'm so sick of that word, purity. And it's so ironic because when I was younger, I I was so I was sold on that on that mindset I was sold on that lifestyle I want to live a pure lifestyle I want to wait until marriage to have sex that never worked (laughs) that never worked it's not working okay and I encourage everyone to find their sexual liberation (laughs) no I just look I do think choice is choice right have your choice to do what works best for you um but i just i just wish that we we allow ourselves to be educated about sex and i wish in that moment when i was trying to come to my mom for 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 comfort for for love (laughs) that she didn't rash me that she didn't you know shoot me down and accuse me of essentially of being a hoe you know she didn't say it but she said it you know and there was no it was just sad to me like damn like I wish you would have I wish you would have wanted in that moment to comfort me first rather than judge me for whatever this looks like to you you know (laughs) it's just so funny so just just an update on that moment so because it was my first gynecology appointment it apparently it's more natural in general to receive abnormal results and the when I went back to my next one my precancerous cells suddenly weren't there anymore so the doctor's full of shit (laughs) that's that's the story that's the tweet the doctor is full of shit and that's you know it is what it is but got me all hot and bothered for what just to not have precancerous cells what I'm glad I didn't obviously But anyway, the point is there needs to be more or there needs to be um, a deconstructing of this concept, the social concept of purity. Purity is not real. Virginity is not real. Shut the fuck up. I'm so sick of the the words or the statement of um, I I lost my virginity. I lost my virginity. No. Where did it go? I thought you actively and consensually had sex with this person. You lost it? Can he find it somewhere? Was it under the pillow? Like, it, 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 did, you, did you drop it on your way to his house? Where is your virginity? Because last time I checked, it's not real. I, and you may think, well, how is it not real? The, before you have sex or the, before, you ha- before the first time you have sex, you're a virgin. Okay, yeah, but who created this language? Why do we have to say that? Why can't we just say the first time I had sex, not when I lost my virginity or, and even before um, this change or this need to change this language, I would say I didn't lose my virginity. I gave it up. But then even that is quote unquote problematic. That's a fucking problem, right? I, I I didn't give up anything to you. I actively made this choice to fuck you. Or to be fucked by you, right? <laughs> However you want to look at it. Because when you think about a woman's body, the man is inserting himself, so he's fucking you. Excuse my language. I don't like saying fucking. But, um, so, yeah. But I, I just think that there should be, like, where are we, can we move forward in in women's bodies? Can we move forward 
in ownership of ourselves can we and, and i'm talking about women as well like there are women who are so afraid of talking about sex there are women who are so afraid of feeling themselves or or just just saying yeah i actually did have sex with him the first night <laughs> and no i didn't wait <laughs> three months like joan did in girlfriends <laughs> when i look back to that show particularly those episodes joe was being completely irrational like sis i can't wait the third day never mind three months i understand why she was single and why those niggas left like that's a long ass time we think about three months how many days is that that's a lot of days so there's that's almost 60 days Hey, give me the first week, nigga. I'm ready. And it's not to say, you know, I'm opening it for everybody. No, not doing that anymore. You know, I have taken you guys on this journey of life about, you know, being more selective and being more conscious of opening my body to these niggas and opening my legs specifically. Specifically my legs to these niggas. Um, but my heart is closed, right? <laughs> so ironic um but there is we, we just have to i forgot my point um oh we just have to allow ourselves to be sexual and that's that's it that's the tweet and that's where i'm gonna stop right here because i'm just sick of it i'm sick of women being shamed for their bodies and being shamed for their choices and i want us to I want us to do better. I want us to own ourselves. I want us to love ourselves. And I want us to feel ourselves. Okay? That's what I want us to do. Hey, everyone. Please support God Built This podcast by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash godbuiltthis. You can pledge to pay $5 or more monthly. Any amount is appreciated. Your money goes towards production costs of the show, and you'll have exclusive access to content that will only be released on patreon.com slash godbuiltthis. That is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash godbuiltthis. Now let's get on with the show. All right, so I want to get into the Alexis Crawford murder um, that happened recently, and it's a pretty disturbing case. Um, for those who may not be familiar with this case, this is a a young black woman who was murdered by her college roommate, and I believe she went to Clark Atlanta University, so CAU, and she was murdered by her roommate straight like that she was murdered by her roommate after she reported to the police that she was sexually assaulted by her roommate's boyfriend okay there's a lot of like different webs to it so she was assaulted by her roommate's boyfriend she reported it to the police and she obviously may have told her roommate, like, hey, your man did this to me. And we don't know the details. I don't know if he actually raped her or if he made sexual advances and made her feel uncomfortable. Whatever the case is, it was bad enough for her to go to the police, you know, which is courageous. It's already courageous enough to speak up and tell someone, hey, I was uh, sexually violated. 
Um, but it's really brave to go to an official, right? And let them know, hey, said person did this to me and I'm seeking for justice for it. That takes a whole step of bravery. So I congratulate her on that because it's very hard to stand up and speak up for yourself, especially when it comes to sexual assault. So kudos to Alexis Crawford for doing that. Um, but the way the, of the events turned out really just proves to me how much of a pick-me culture is manifested in many young girls today, and many women today, not just young girls. And by pick-me culture, what I mean by that is there are a lot of women, and I'm speaking about particularly black women. I'm sure there are white women, Hispanic women who do this, but from what I know and from what I see in my surroundings, there are plenty of black women who take up for the man over any other woman, okay? Who will take up for their boyfriend, their baby daddy, their husband, um, whomever is a man in their life, they will immediately take their word and will see them as this God and will see them as this person that they are seeking validation from. And no matter how... um, credible someone's allegation is against this said man they would still take up for that man they would still try to uphold some type of loyalty to this man who holds no respect for you or your agenda <laughs> okay and she alexis crawford's roommate i think her name is jordan she is a prime example of another black woman who will take the word of her boyfriend over her roommate, over her supposed best friend. And I don't know how long she was with this man, this boyfriend of hers. I don't know how long it, um, this relationship you know, lasted prior to this hor- horrific event, but regardless if they were together for 10, five years or so, I think it's so dangerous and scary to live in a time when we are afraid to speak up about being violated and we can't even come to a close friend of ours. We have to look at the proximity of our relationships to see, oh man, is this person going to believe me or not, right? Because I'm sure already Alexis Crawford was nervous to approach her roommate and let her know, hey, your boyfriend, the man who you love, the man who you've been laid up with for however long has actually attempted to lay up with me and I feel violated for that. And to come up to your friend, your best friend and say that, it's already uncomfortable, right? Because it's like, wait, what? He cheated on me? Wait, what? He, you, you mean to tell me he's raping you or he raped you or he tried to rape you? Whatever it is, it's all uncomfortable. And of course, the, the, the right thing to do would, would be to believe your best friend, to dump this man, you know, break off this relationship and stand with your best friend in the journey of going against this man who violated her. But that is not the case here. In this case, you have the roommate who 
was so enamored with pleasing her boyfriend that she completely dismissed the violation that he provoked and put on her roommate and that led to her murder so what i find troubling about this case amongst all these things is that there's a lot of women out there who will stand up for their man and boyfriend no matter how nasty and dirty the allegation is or may be brought to their attention about their man no matter how valid the allegation is of sexual assault that their man brother son or whomever has said against them they still ride for the man and i don't want to make this into like a gender war i don't want this to become something like oh well you know always believe women type of thing i'm not saying there aren't very few cases let's make that very clear there are very few very short number of cases of women who have lied on men yes that is true so uh, to those who may be saying well what if she was lying whatever okay this very is a very small percentage of that but regardless of that to then allow this to lead to the murder of your roommates how like how disturbing is that you cannot trust your own roommate <laughs> you can't trust the woman who you've agreed to live with for this undergraduate experience you cannot trust your life with her because she may just murder you that is so that's violating to a whole nother level you know there's a level of trust that you have with someone to live with them right there's a level of trust that okay well she's not a murderer and it wasn't like they were just random roommates assigned to each other no they were friends and that's what trips me up about it they were actually friends and according to the tweets i saw about um their friendship they actually had a friendship they were best friends you know and of course you could look at it from retrospect and see well she obviously wasn't really a friend, of course. But they, to Alexis Crawford's perspective, they had a friendship. And to have a friendship with someone, to simply <laughs> be murdered by them, is just, it's hard to wrap my head around it. But then it just brings me to different stories I've read and different experiences I've had in real life when women will take up for the man no matter how disturbing the allegation is against that man they will still take up for the man because the relationship they have with that man whether it's mother and son sister or brother boyfriend girlfriend whatever that relationship is they will still take up for the man as if the person who is accusing them of wrongdoing has no like no my son could never be a rapist no my friend could never be a my boyfriend could never be and of course that's hard that's a hard pill to swallow that the son you gave birth to is raping women right killing women it's a hard pill to swallow 
to be in a relationship with a man and for someone to approach you and let you know, hey, he actually violated me and I just wanted you to know that and I'm going to be filing a police report. Of course, and there's some sympathy that I could extend, and I know that sounds controversial, but there is some sympathy just in general. I'm not saying specifically to Alexis Crawford's roommate, Jordan, um, but there is some sympathy that I could extend to those who are in a relationship or those who have just a relationship with a man, any man, whether wh- whatever the dynamic is. It is a hard pill to swallow to accept this this accusation, to accept the reality that, hey, this man violated somebody else. And this man may not have violated you. This man may not have treated you any, any you know, in any poor manner, but he did to me. And this is what... I'm fighting against. It's a hard pill to swallow. I get it. But as I was saying before, patriarchy does not just not just stop with men. It does not stop with men. Patriarchy is still continued with some women today. Okay? Some women some women, especially pick me women. So when I say pick me is just P I C K me women pick me women continue this patriarchal system they continue this notion of of just misogyny and just chauvinistic type of mindset and it's it's uh, it's just disturbing it's disturbing that you have to double check and double think with yourself can i trust this friend of mine can i trust this this sister, this cousin, whomever, to believe what I'm saying without the fear of possibly getting killed, right? Or without the fear. And getting killed, that's a far dramatic and extreme result, right? Um, But there are plenty of cases when, yes, the person won't get killed for accusing said man of of a sexual allegation, but what hurts is when you're not believed, what hurts is when you're dismissed, or what hurts is when you're not taken seriously, like, oh, well, you asked for it, or you wanted it, or you was provoking him, and so, of course, he did that. He's simply a man. He's just a man, and so this rhetoric that we hear often in society, in families, in the church, wherever, it really affects and continues this notion of patriarchy, okay? It, it gives men excuses to be awful human beings. It's not, no longer can we say, oh, let the man just be a man. Oh, he's just a man. Of course, men cheat. Of course, men think with their dicks, or of course, they're going to act with their dicks. It continues to uphold this notion about how poor behavior from men is acceptable. And we have to stop that. We have to listen to our women. We have to um, stop giving all men just this pass to be assholes and to be chauvinistic 
jerks and to be all of these things that are detrimental to the dynamic between a man and a woman, and particularly within a romantic setting, okay? We have to stop doing that. Um, Lately, I've been seeing a lot of posts. So RIP, rest in peace, Alexis Crawford. This is really... Oh, I just don't like talking about death too much because I don't really know what to say about it. It's just like, oh, gosh. Um, you know, we all have our time, of course. It's just really disturbing that she had to go out like this, especially by someone who she thought was a friend. So definitely my condolences goes out to her family, her loved ones. And I just, I, let's just let's just move on from there. Um I've been seeing a lot of human trafficking, beware, um, posts. <laughs> now, I don't know what's going on in the universe or what's going on. Like, that's kind of creepy to me. Like, wow. And I, I'm not unfamiliar with human tra- trafficking. I'm not unfamiliar with this, this activity, you know? It's kind of something that's like, oh, it's there, but you don't see it, right? Um, I can't think of an instance when I felt like I was witnessing it. So I can't really give you guys an example of what I think could be human trafficking. I've seen a lot of movies and documentaries, um, interviews about human trafficking, sex trafficking, all of that. So I know the signs, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think I could think of, a particular moment when I witnessed something that seemed to be like it. But it's very scary. Um, I try not to think about like the scariness of, or the terror of being a single woman living on her own in a whole new state, city, all that. <laughs> so when I really sit in that fear or that fear-mongering type of propaganda, that's not propaganda, I know, it's, I know human trafficking and sex trafficking is real, but I also feel like we should, I don't know, I don't want to say anything contradictory. Definitely be careful, be mindful of your surroundings. Um, I always, I just like to be, I'm just kind of paranoid anyway. I watch a lot of scary movies, scary stuff, ID channel, Supernatural. So like, I love all that stuff. It's just entertaining to me. Um, but I am mindful that this is not just entertainment on TV. These things happen in real life, right? You know, so what I watch on the Investigate Discovery channel <laughs> could most definitely happen in my surroundings. And so I definitely want to just reiterate what I see online about human trafficking, sex trafficking, and all that. Be mindful of your surroundings. So this is to everybody, whether you live alone or not. Be careful. When you go to your car, look around you. Who's around you? See if anyone's following you. Get in your car and immediately lock the door. Um, For those who have smart cars, when you immediately lock the door as you enter, it unlocks on its own. So you got to quickly relock it. So just be mindful of that because I've done that before and I realized, oh, it unlocked on its own. So the killer could have came in. (laughs) Oh, hello. (laughs) So maybe give it like maybe five seconds and maybe that'll be too long. I don't know. But immediately start leaving, (laughs) like leave the garage, leave the parking lot and then quickly lock your door. But either way, go into your car, lock your door. Don't be on your phone while you're walking in a parking lot or on a sidewalk, especially when you're alone, 
just be super mindful. And I sound like a mother right now, like, well, make sure you don't, you know, leave your drink empty handed or whatever. That's true. My mom used to always say that to me. And she said that to me still. Don't leave your drink, um, like, alone at a party and then go back to the drink and drink it. No. My mom watches a lot of Lifetime movies, so she knows what happens. You know, you could get a, you could get date raped and, you know, shit, shit goes down. So just be mindful. All of this is kind of, I just wonder why it's happening so much right now. Like there's an influx of missing girls, missing women, and not to be a conspiracy theorist, but to be a conspiracy theorist, it's, they're saying, oh, there is black organs um, market, it's a black organ market, and I don't, I never really understood that, like, how do you, like, buy someone's organs, I believe it's true, most definitely, but I just don't understand the logistics behind it, um, but yeah, please be careful, and I'm, I'm continuing to be more careful, more and more. Um, so yeah, I just want to give that a quick, just disclaimer, warning, what is it? Um, PSA type of thing. Okay. Um, I want to get into a tweet that I saw right before I press record. And before I end this episode, I want to just give a quick well, this might not be quick. So just listen up. Okay, so this person named Prince Donnell, I've talked about him before. I forgot what I talked about him, but it was definitely in a negative way. <laughs> so I'm going to reference him again. <laughs> What's the problem? Uh, okay, so he uh, posts a series of tweets giving advice to brothers. This is what he says. Brothers who are taking women on a date and are interested in impressing her, okay? So a couple of things that he mentions in his uh, advice <laughs> column is, well, one of the things he says is take her to dinner and schedule it two weeks in advance. Now, nigga, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. I also like to be realistic, and I feel like we should not set this unrealistic expectation to men and then if by some chance the the man who was trying to woo you uh schedule a date with you four or week before right four days or a week before the designated date like that doesn't mean he's not a good guy like i, I just don't think we should give humans because <laughs> a lot of us don't schedule organize and it's just I don't know I just don't think we should have this type of perfectionist type of mindset and I feel like with the whole two weeks in advance um it just doesn't sound realistic now here's what I can say to that is definitely plan definitely plan with your 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 person of interest and say hey I would love to take you out um, are you free this day, right? Let me know which one of these days works best for you. Like, narrow down your plan. Don't just say, hey, we should hang out. And it's like, okay, when, nigga? <laughs> what? We should hang out? Okay. What, are you gonna let me know when? So I could get ready? 
or you just want to go out tonight. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. A lot of men are so quick to just say, oh, what you doing right now or what you doing? And that is just a lazy ass way to ask someone out right? Because you're not putting yourself out there by setting a plan and you're being lazy by simply saying, oh, what you doing tonight? You trying to come through? Oh, can I come through? Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I'm not a proponent of two weeks in advance because it, it doesn't sound realistic. No nigga is hitting you up two weeks in advance. And then not just that, um, like following, following through with it. Like what I find to be a reoccurring circumstance for me in my dating, niggas don't follow through. <laughs> we So two weeks in advance, I really don't want to pencil you in, put you in my calendar, and, you know, time is nearing, and then it seems like it's still a go, and then boom, the day before, your ass want to disappear. Nigga, I hope you died. R.I.P. But that's just, I just don't, I just don't like that, but I do want, you know, men to plan in advance, of course. But two weeks is a little dramatic. So hit me up three days prior. Hit me up the beginning of the week and say, hey, let's plan for Saturday, Friday night, you know? That's what I'm looking for. Um, One more thing I wanted to cover about his series. I just think... Okay, so he also said, make sure you pray over the food. (laughs) Now, I I swear I'm not a heathen. I feel like some people may feel like, oh, mama changed. And yes, I have changed for sure. But it doesn't mean that I'm like against God. Okay, so don't think that. I'm never against God. I want to be here without God. So God is still everything, period. Um, but please don't do that whole prayer over food. I just don't think, (laughs) I just don't think it's genuine. I feel like a lot of niggas who I see do that are the thuggish ass niggas, like thuggy thug thug. We'll have a whole can of marijuana after praying. And it's like, oh, excuse me, sir. Who are you praying to? And then you're smoking this whole can of weed, sir. Not even a can, a whole paint can. You know those, those paint cans from Home Depot? I know a nigga who has a whole paint can of marijuana. <laughs> hey, sir, please don't pray over my food. I don't know who you're praying to. This is, this, is, this is a problem. Go seek help. Please go seek help. Okay? So anyway... That I just I just feel like a lot of times when men do this, they're giving off this persona that they're this this um what what is it this this like holy spiritual type of guy, and your ass don't even know self control. You pray over your food, but you can't keep your hands off me when I say stop touching me. You pray over your food, but. You, you can't stop licking your lips when you're looking at me. Pray over your lust, nigga. Pray over your lust. Pray over your dick. Pray over your self-control. Pray over your virtues that you need that should be more aligned with God. But you're so busy praying over your food trying to look good. Cut cut the shit. Like, I, I could just rewrite through it. 
And honestly, I'm not a big prayer over food type of girl. Like, I just think it's, I don't know. I feel like people do it so, when people do it, I feel like it just comes off so, uh, what is it, pretentious. Okay? Like, they're trying to show that they're this prayer warrior. Nigga, you don't even pray before you go to bed, but you pray over your food? And of course, be grateful for your nourishment, you know, allow this food that you're about to consume to fill you up. But I promise you, you're not praying before you eat McDonald's, right? You're only praying whenever you have like a home cooked meal and before you take your first bite, you pray over it. (laughs) But it's just so funny to me, like y'all niggas don't pray before you eat Boston Market, but you pray over, like it just... (laughs) Cut the shit. I'm not falling. For, I'm not falling for it. Just please cut it out. Okay. And I'm going to end it with this. Um, Somebody tell 53-year-old Tommy Winslow, so Mr. Winslow, um, to leave me the fuck alone. Okay. So <laughs> let me provide context. Context. Let me provide context. A couple of weeks ago. Maybe a month ago, Mr. Winslow ass nigga, he's literally Mr. Winslow. Um, he And I'm saying that because he's like an older gentleman. Now, I've never been with an older gentleman. I mean, I've been with, the oldest guy I've been with, ooh, I want to say 47. Yeah, 47. And that was great. Um, anyway, <laughs> aside from that, um, this guy, he was, an old, like, he was an older man. But he was well put together. He was well shaped, whatever. So I'm like, okay, what's going on over here? Um, I saw him, and I'm gonna be completely transparent. And I'm, you know, I don't like people say that. Let me not start saying that. I have people be like, uh, in full disclosure, in full transparency. To be honest, just fucking be it. Just be honest. Be transparent. Be fully disclosed. <laughs> just, just be it. That's okay. Just be it. Um, so in full transparency. <laughs> I know, no, but for real though, I saw him has look. I'm just gonna eat him up for what he for what he could offer me. And what I mean by that is if he wants to take me out, cool. That's dinner for the night. He wants to give me a little bit of money, cool. That's rent. <laughs> I deadass was looking at him like, Kaching, let's see what we could do with this. And I sound, I know that sounds so horrible, but nigga, we live in a capitalistic ass society. What's up? What? Anyway, just a uh, spoiler alert. None of that happened. I'm just saying what I was thinking in that moment in full transparency. Okay? <laughs> so anyway, he, yeah, he's, I mean, he's fairly attractive. <laughs> Uh, he's just an older man. You see a little gray, but it's not like he's in his early 50s. Like, still pretty, like, relatively young, okay? So, super gentleman-like. We exchanged numbers uh, when we met. And I'm just thinking, okay, well, you know, let me just get a date out of this. Let me, let's, let me allow him to romance me, take me out to someplace nice and fancy, and boom, boom, cool. And not boom, boom, like something's going to happen. <laughs> well, maybe. We'll, we'll see. It's like, not now we'll see. It's period. It's over. Um, but in that moment, I was thinking, like, if anything, let him spend money on me. Okay? 
spend that coin. <laughs> so anyway, I uh, okay. So we he'll text me, super gentleman like, and then he'll say how you know he will take me out to eat, and cool. That was like in the horizon. Suddenly he went MIA. Who knew 52-year-old 50, ass niggas go MIA too? But they do, okay? They absolutely do. <laughs> whatever. So, um, I'm like, okay, whatever, cool. And by MIA, maybe he'll like hit me up every two days or whatnot. Like suddenly he was kind of dwindling down. Um, his first reason or excuse was something happened at his job. I guess he's more of a, a leadership role at his job. And it's like a plant, like a mobile gasoline type of job, whatever that looks like. And there was an explosion at his plant, whatever. And I'm, I, it seemed pretty valid. Okay, so it, I know it kind of sounds kind of like far-fetched, an explosion, but it seemed valid. Um, he already told me from the from the beginning his position. He showed me a car, like, it seemed like he was pretty, it seemed valid. That's not, I don't think it was, it was like some bullshit. Okay, cool, whatever. I'm understanding. Um, he gets back in contact. We're back to being consistent. He then tells me that uh, he, his father passed away suddenly. Suddenly. Now, and he's like trying to get back into some normalcy he didn't know his father was going to pass away suddenly like that. And it just kind of took him for a trip. Now, here's when I sound insensitive. Because <laughs> this is a big-ass dis disclaimer. And I know I'm sounding like a bitch once I say this. But this is I'm going to say it regardless, okay? This nigga is 52, 51 years old in his early 50s, okay? His father... Has to be a late 70s, early 80s man. Is that really a sudden thing? Like, is that... <laughs> At some point, don't you expect it to either happen today or tomorrow for an 80-year-old man? And I... <laughs> I'm sorry, but what... Nigga, you knew it was coming. You... You want to get back to normalcy? You wasn't expecting this to happen at some point? either this week or next week, your 80-year-old father is soon approaching death. Like, let's not act like this is something like, oh my gosh, like he was your age and it's, you know, or your son passed. Like, I don't know. I know I sound like a super bitch right now, but I just feel like, okay, so we sit down for dinner? Oh. <laughs> what? I was really looking forward to our date. <laughs> anyway, anyway, of course I'm being sensitive. Of course I am offering my condolences. It's not a big deal, but I just thought about that. Like, okay, so your father is how old? And I'm, I'm giving at least late 70s, early 80s. So he could absolutely be older than that. Okay? Nigga, death was around the corner. Death is knocking on his door. Like, nigga, you ready? Let's go. I ain't got time. <laughs> like, literally. Okay? So, he, like, hits me up and was saying how, you know, I hope you didn't forget about me. I'm just trying to, 
you know, get back to normalcy after, you know, after the death, you know, funeral arrangements, all that. I would still love to take you out. Let me know when you're free and let's let's plan from there. So I'm like, okay, here's a text that is moving forward, that is being specific and directing a time. So I'm like, okay, then nigga, let me give you a date, a couple of dates to use, and let's go from there. So I said, okay, I'm free Thursday, Saturday, Saturday night, Thursday night. He picks the Thursday night, he books the table, he texts me the confirmation code of the restaurant that we'll be going to, table for two, time, location, like it was set in stone, and I'm excited, like it was a Monday, he tells me this, he plans it out, he books it on Monday, and the date's supposed to happen Thursday night, so I'm like, okay, this is like really happening. Oh my gosh, it's exciting. It's fun when people plan things in advance. Something to look forward to. Yay. You know, this is great. Um, so the day approaches. Tuesday, Wednesday, boom. Thursday comes. Thursday comes. And let me tell you something about Houston, Texas, baby. When it rains, it pours. Okay, and that's not a figurative statement here. It literally pours when it rains. But I just feel like niggas are super dramatic down here. Like, oh my gosh, it's raining. I, I, I can't. I, I do. What do I? What's left and what's right? Like, it's like okay, relax. It's not that deep. But I mean, maybe it is that deep because here in Houston, there's like poor drainage and poor sewage type of situation going on. Okay whatever as it was raining thursday it really wasn't that bad (laughs) like it was bad in the morning but has the day dwindled down to afternoon to early evening um the rain definitely subsided okay now let me give out uh, a benefit of the doubt houston is such a big city that in the part of Houston that I am in, it may stop rain. The rain the may have stopped, but in the part of Houston where he may be in this current time, or at that current time, it may still be strong, right? But I don't think that's the case. Like, I still don't feel like it was that serious for him to then text me and say, let's do a rain check. Um, the rain messed up our plans and let's plan for another day. No, he didn't say that. He said, let's plan for next week. And it's one thing to cancel because of the weather. I get it. You can't control the weather. I'll be a little bit more understanding about that. Fine. But it's another thing to not be, excuse me. It's another thing to not be specific about exactly the new date, When exactly is the new date going to happen? You know, I want someone to say, hey, we can't do today because of this, but how are you uh, Sunday night? How are you Saturday night? Like, you know, like put that out there that you're not just simply canceling and just saying, oh, I'll, I'll keep you posted or I'll let you know. When a nigga says, I'll let you know, or let's, let's do it next week. Next week means what? There are days within the week. 
Which day are you referring to? Like, that is so vague. Let's be more specific when we plan dates, men. You know, specifically tell me or ask me, actually, ask me. Don't just tell me. I got a schedule. But ask me, hey, does Saturday work for you instead for our new date? Does Sunday night work for you instead? You know? So I'm just like, nigga, first of all, you're lucky I I was even talking to your Mr. Winslow ass. And now you want to hit me with a less plan for next week? What is next week? I got to go. <laughs> what is next week? Look, at some point, I will be romanced by the right person who will stick to his plans, who will excite me, who will be on my level emotionally, comedically, intellectually. And I'm looking forward to that day. Okay, I'm looking forward to those days. So I'm just going to keep hope alive and use my experiences as content for y'all and content for myself because this is hilarious. Next week. What is next week? (laughs) All right, I'm going to end it here. Thank you for tuning in. Please like, share, subscribe, leave a comment. Make sure you are subscribed to both platforms, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And I'm out. Peace. Check in with y'all next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. And also leave a comment. God bless.